This is Mission.org. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Marketing Trends and the Leeds Art Week. Eighteen years ago, David Marine was a down-on-his-luck job applicant. The recession had hit hard, and he needed a job to provide for his wife and child. Luckily, an ad for a gig at Coldwell Banker caught his attention, and as they say, the rest is history. Today, David serves as the CMO of Coldwell Banker, one of America's oldest and most respected real estate companies. On this episode of Marketing Trends, David takes us through his story, and he talks about guiding Coldwell Banker through its first rebrand in decades, plus why it wasn't something he set out to do and why your brand must match your identity. Enjoy this episode. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. We bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing. Here is your host, Ian Faison. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm Ian Faison, host of Marketing Trends. And today we have special guest, David, what's going on? Hey, Ian. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining. We are excited to chat to you today about everything that's going on with Coldwell Banker and get into your background as a marketer. So first, how did you get started in marketing in the first place? Uh, Oddly enough, as a kid growing up, I had a fascination with uh, commercials, TV commercials. And uh, I used to enjoy like watching them. And I would tell my parents all the time when I grow up, I want to make TV commercials. And they were like, really, you should set your goals a little bit higher. Um, But it was just something that I was always interested in. And how do you connect with consumers visually, emotionally? And so... Uh, when I went off to college, uh, Bob Jones University, I decided to major in marketing and started there. And I had hopes and dreams of even before Don Draper was a thing of being a madman on Madison Avenue. Um, and then I got out of college and I started hunting for a job right around the dot-com boom and just was interested in both tech and then advertising and marketing and how could all this combine and started with a small agency uh, right out of college and dealt with some of the first VPN clients and Epiphany was, was a software provider, which I don't know, even know if any of your listeners will remember what that is uh, and a few dot coms, but uh, that's just started my career. And uh, then all of a sudden 9-11 happened and I actually uh, got laid off from a job. And the story goes that uh, I got I bought a house in September of 2001. I got married in December of 2001 and then Valentine's day, of 2002, I walked into the office and found out I was getting let go. So new house, uh, new wife, no job. And a lot of people would say like, this is one of the worst things that could ever happen to you. And how could such a back And We had all these plans, my wife and I, of how we were going to prepare things. But it turned out that that negative was actually one of the best things that ever happened to me because it opened the door for me to leave this agency. And I actually found a job on hotjobs.com after being unemployed for two months to be the electronic product manager with Coldwell Banker. And I've been there for 18 years since, and they had, I've been able to grow my career along with the growth of the brand over that time. So it's kind of my uh, marketing history. What a story, huh? That's so great. Flash forward to today, what does it mean to be CMO of Coldwell Banker? Well, right now, it's it means that I'm in charge of the, of the brand uh, on a national level, and I like to view myself as the caretaker of the brand and I have a fantastic team underneath me 
who does everything from developing some of the different products and services that our 95,000 agents across the globe use uh, to how our brand is showcased through media, social, and PR efforts. Um, and it's a brand that's been around for 114 years, dating back to 1906. Uh, so it's one of those things where I take it very seriously and with um, you know, a sense of honor as well to be able to take care of a brand that has been a fabric of this country and the real estate industry as a whole for so long. Also, the fact that I kind of grew up with the brand. I joined when I was 23, I believe. Um, it's, it's something that is special to me because it's the only company that um, my four boys know about that I've been with. And so it's something that I've seen my own career grow with, but also the, the brand grow and expand and how it's been able to connect with our agents and customers across the globe. So um, it's, it's a privilege and an honor to, to be at the helm. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty remarkable to rise the ranks and become a CMO like that in today's kind of day and age. You don't see a lot of people that stay, you know, with a company for that long. And a lot of the roles, a lot of the stops along the way are all marketing stops, which is even more interesting. Uh, I'm curious, how did you, uh, how did you manage that? Yeah, it wasn't even something that I had like planned to do of like, here's every step. Uh, I was really fortunate in that the leadership that was in place uh, being part of the brand as a whole, both in marketing and then just the entire company was always very supportive of trying new things and pushing the envelope. We like to talk about one of our core values as a brand is being ingenuity and looking at things differently. And so over time, while I started in product development, I went to, we called it e-marketing at the time to being in uh, involved with the media side of things to social advent. Uh, and I just really had this opportunity to continue to shift my roles within the brand. So a lot of people will say like, hey, I've got some experience in this one area. And then they go to another company and they gain experience in another facet of marketing. That's how, kind of how they build this arsenal of marketing experience. I was just able to be able to do that from within a single brand and having to you know, have time in every facet of the marketing spectrum. Uh, and then also to be part of like the development of some amazing advents just in, in marketing innovation as well from being part of the first you know, Facebook page uh, in, in the brand's history to creating the first YouTube channel in real estate to the first iPhone and Android applications and international uh, search apps on, on those platforms to actually even venturing into creating uh, homes in uh, virtual environments. So all of that stuff was really kept things interesting and, and exciting. And they've never, um, I've never had the opportunity or, or wanted to leave the brand because I've always had that, that opportunity laid out for me. Real quick side story. Interestingly enough, um, second year with Caldwell, there was a new SVP of marketing that came in. His name was Charlie Young. He was meeting with all the people and, uh, within the group and he sat me down and he said, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And I said to him, probably obnoxiously arrogant, I said, well, I see myself in your job. And uh, he kind of chuckled and uh, said, oh, I didn't want it to come out like that, but I would love to be CMO of a major brand someday and just in charge of things to be able to, to be involved in that manner. Fast forward to about three or four years ago, uh, Charlie Young went from being uh, in charge of marketing to eventually COO to he left the brand for a little while and then came back as CEO. And he was actually the one who offered me the position to be in charge of marketing for the brand. So for me personally, 
Uh, he's someone I've always looked up to as a, as a mentor, and he's meant a lot through my career and, and personally as well. And then for him to be able to offer that role to me was truly something uh, unique and special. Did you feel like all the stops along the way kind of filled that toolkit of all of the things that you would need to see as CMO? Yeah, but not purposefully, uh, which is which is odd because I tell people all the time when when I studied marketing in college, there was no such thing as applic- mobile apps. There was no social media. You know, the idea of video streaming and over the top those were just those were just pipe dreams from some crazy person in Silicon Valley at the time. Um, so what was curious to me was these stops were just new developments and innovations along the way that piqued my interest. And I've always been uh, enamored with tech and that side of things. I had a Palm Pilot back in the day and you know, BlackBerry, Android, iPhone, um, every time there was a new one that came out. And so a lot of my desires to switch roles and make advancements within the brand was tied to, oh, this seems like this is a new area and a new avenue for me to really do something amazing and connect uh, our brand with consumers in a unique way. And so that's what all those stops, when you look back, putting them all together has really grounded me and allowed me to have a 360 degree look at the entire marketing spectrum. Um, and then along the way, I've had some amazing partners who've been on that ride with me, whether it's you know PR team, that uh, agency that we've been working with for the last eight years to our advertising agency. And we've all been through that development path together. Um, and I think that that's what put it all together. And then really the key, and sometimes this is just being lucky, is you have really good people around you, both who are above you and can help help you grow and challenge you, but also who are next to you that can help build up and really make these experiences truly memorable. And what does marketing and brand look like at Coldwell Banker? How do you arrange your team? Um, how much of it is spent on you know, building brand awareness versus, you know, traditional lead gen tactics? Like how, how does that breakout look? Yeah, we're actually in a unique situation as a franchise organization. So we have this network of real estate agents, uh, companies across the globe, and our franchises are independently owned and operated in each uh, corner of of the earth. So we're looking at ways and how do we balance um, the brand awareness activity to provide that air cover at a national and global level for all our franchisees while also equipping them with a level of lead gen and support that can help them conduct businesses um, at a local level. So if I had to break it down by a percentage, I would say it's probably around a 70, 30, 70 brand awareness, 30% on um, the lead gen and more operational marketing standpoint of things. And brand awareness is not just like we're throwing it out on, on TV. It's, it's what we're doing from a PR level, what we're doing from just building um, the equity of the brand through the different activities that we have, the partnership programs that we produce, uh, from the likes of what we've been doing with adoptapet.com on a charitable side of things uh, to some of our media partners over the years. Um, but that's, I think it's important to have that balance because when you're part of a franchise and when you're part of a brand that's been around for 114 years, uh, there is a tendency to like, well, we've been around this long. It's, it's going to be fine. Let's just rest on our laurels. But I'm a true believer that you need to continue to showcase, especially uh, with real estate agents who are independent contractors and they can go to whatever company or brand they want at the drop of a hat to continue to show that you're providing them that scope and support on a national and global scale that empowers them and gives them that feeling of both pride, 
but then also worth from what they're being supplied in order to do their job and help people through what is typically the largest transaction that they will ever make in the buying or sell, uh, selling of a home. Yeah, because it is such a big decision, I'm curious, like, how do you think about the family unit or the person or like the different kind of like personas in that in that kind of uh, in that moment in time where they're making that that decision? Yeah, it used to be that we would just throw uh, a large net of like, hey, home buyers and sellers are between the ages of 25 and 65 and household income of whatever. Uh, now with the advent of the marketing tech side of things and just the effectiveness of media and just a, a general better savviness around targeting, we're able to create some specific personas and groups that we can focus messaging on, uh, media opportunities on. Uh, we've seen that work really effectively through a lot of the social channels, uh, the retargeting aspects that we can do from visitors who've come to our site haven't completed an action that we want them to take and we're able to then you know serve them up ads across whether it's social or, or video or wherever they browse across the internet that has allowed us to create these subset groups where we're typically looking at where are the first-time buyers where are those second-time sellers and even agents where are our own agents where we can just deliver messages of you know it's very hard to communicate with ninety-five thousand people on a regular basis uh, but we can also do it through some targeting and then even effectively within the industry of helping shine a light on what our brand is doing to other agents within our industry, that kind of piques their interest. It's like, oh, well, I, I've known about Cole Banker, but I didn't realize they had this available to them. So really, we like to take that targeted approach and we found some really great efficiencies uh, in doing that. How do you think about the like life cycle of that customer journey? Because, you know, for a company that's been around for so long, over a hundred years, um, and thinking about what a brand impact and what, you know, buying multiple homes and doing things like that. Like, I, I'm just curious, it seems like you could build, have a really long-term strategy for, for customer, uh, engagement. And, uh, and that's a unique position to be in. Yeah, it's a unique position. It's also a, a difficult one. So the typical adage is that people buy or sell homes every seven or eight years. So the question is, how do you continue to stay top of mind and connected with people over that long of a time? Like they're not thinking about real estate every single day uh, of the week uh, because they're, they're just not in that mindset from the buying and selling of a home. So it's really critical for our agents and our local companies to be able to engage with that community, that sphere of influence on a regular basis. And how do they do that? And it used to be like, well, I'm just going to send them postcards about what sold in their local neighborhood uh, and information about the value of their home, which is still an important part of what they do. But with the advent of the social and the content strategy and what we're doing from a video side of things, it's allowed our, our network to have reasons to engage with their client base and their customers on a more regular basis that is actually of interest and in connecting with them. It's also because they, they're starting to see the value in offering you know, additional services through partnerships that we have that can allow them to stay top of mind uh, with those local customers. So it's a challenge, but uh, those agents that are really good, they, their number one source of business is those past referrals. And uh, I'll tell you, on the 18 years that I've been working at the brand. And when you talk to any agent out there and you ask them, what is the best part about what you do? 
or what is the highlight of your career, they will not talk about like, oh, this incredible commission I got or this amazing sale that I had. They will instead talk about the 20 years ago, I helped these people find a home. 10 years later, I helped their kids. And now I'm helping their grandkids find a place and just being able to be part of that community. I think especially now with what we're seeing with the COVID-19 environment that we're living in is that uh, these agents across these communities are really the centerpieces that are connecting people with the information, the resources. They're helping not only their clients, but local businesses that are so much a part of the communities that we call home. And I think that that just speaks to the longevity of the experience and value that the Colbanger agent brings and also the effectiveness of it. Well, and you you mentioned this a little bit, but part of the whole issue with real estate is about trust, right? It's about you want to trust your agent. They know, you know, maybe they're new and they've only been doing this a couple of years. Like, do they know the neighborhood well enough? Do they know the particular streets? What side, you know, gets the best afternoon sun? Where does the snow, um, you're the like, it's too shady. So ice develops there. So there's this element of of trust that is so critical to marketing and so critical uh, to having a good customer experience. Um, but you have agents that pot- potentially don't have, you know, all of those answers. But as an organization, you have tons of that stuff. I'm curious, like, how do you approach building trust and relationships with your, uh, with your prospects and customers? Every time we do a survey of consumers about brand awareness study or their perception of the marketplace as a whole, trust is always one of the top attributes that they're looking for uh, in an agent, uh, as well as one of the top attributes that they attribute to Colo Banker, which uh, is something that I don't take for granted. And I know that that is something that is a plant that needs to be watered every single day. Uh, for however many years are in existence. And once you have that trust, you can absolutely not lose it. Uh, and we've seen plenty of brands that have over time. But you brought up a good point about like there are there agents who have been serving a market for 20 years or whatever it is, they have that experience, that knowledge. What about those new agents that come in and how do you support them or whatever? And I think that's part of the appeal of joining the Cold Banker brand as a whole is that there is that legacy of 114 years. There is a global network that they can connect with and drive referrals, but also learn from and get connected with these top agents. You see that a lot of these younger agents coming into the business, connecting with an experienced one, and they're helping them grow and build their own book of business. And so that's kind of the range of of avenues in which our brand needs to be approachable to all these different agents that are then serving customers. We have to be able to provide that brand level support and legion aspect to those experienced agents to keep them uh, connected and their businesses thriving. But we also have to provide the bare basics and the educational opportunities and that, that network connection w- along with that legacy of trust to those newer agents to help them get their feet under them. And I think we've, we've seen, we've been able to do that uh, pretty well given our, our track record of being around for, for more than a century. There's not a lot of times that a tenured CMO will get to do a rebrand. Um, a lot of times that's something that, uh, you know, maybe a new CMO comes in and they're like, hey, we should do a rebrand. Um, you've been through one. I'm curious, what, uh, what, what was that like? Uh, that was one of the best experiences, uh, one of the most stressful, one of the best learning experiences that I could ever have. 
And I will tell you that it's stereotypical that like, of course, every CMO wants to rebrand at some point and be able to put that on their resume. This was not my choice. Um, this was not something that I was pursuing. And what's interesting is, is that uh, while I'd been with the brand for nearly two decades, the same question has been asked over that entire time. And that question was, what are we going to do about that logo? And that was coming from our network. It, you would hear it sporadically at first um, back in the day, but then all of a sudden in the last 24 or 36 months, that noise started to get louder as uh, just because the, the old logo, it felt old. It felt like an established old brand. And when we did some consumer testing, um, we said, well, when we showed them our old logo, they would say, hey, that looks like an established trusted brand, but old, probably a brand that my parents would like to use. And what we started to see was we had done so many different innovations and steps towards improving the real estate experience, connecting with consumers, everything from what we've done from a video and social space to the most effective advertising in the industry for the last eight years, engaging with consumers to our luxury program, which we sell more million dollar homes than any other real estate brand out there. So there's all this baseline of stuff going on, but yet our visual identity was holding us back slightly. Um, partner of mine in marketing, a guy by the name of Mike Fisher, we were sitting in the brainstorming session about the rebrand and he brought up this analogy, which, which is perfect. He said, it's almost as if we needed a new suit. So you go in for a job interview, you've got amazing resume, references, experience, it's all right there. But then you go in and you look like Jim Halpert from the office. And all of a sudden, what's on that paper isn't matching what's in front of you. And people are putting a lot of emphasis on what they can see. And so we had that on the inside, we were, we were great. We were sound, very current, relevant, modern, sophisticated brand, but yet our visual identity was holding us back. So we felt like we needed that new suit. And that's really what propelled us uh, to pursue this rebrand, which now looking back uh, after being through it for the last, you know, 18, uh, 16, 18 months, uh, it's really been an amazing success and story. And I couldn't be prouder of where we landed. And with the, changes you've obviously been changing the look and feel of the website the look and feel of applications your digital footprint the digital experience for your customers i'm curious like how much technology went into uh you know under the hood uh, of something like this rebrand yeah the the biggest part was trying to find an identity that would still marry the past with a look to the present. Uh, that was really the crux of it because we, we hadn't changed our logo for over 42 years. So that mark has been around for a while and you want to still make consumers establish that, yes, I recognize this name, but it feels really fresh and new. Um, and so one of the biggest considerations we took was how could our logo scale? And for all the different environments in which we're, it's gonna, people are gonna come across it. And our old logo was a rectangular shape um, like to joke that it looked like it belonged on a refrigerator at some point, but the, it was a rectangle. And when you look at your phone, when you look at the digital environments, everything is square, everything is circle. It's, it scales well. And ours just didn't. So that was like priority number one. How do we create a mark that is scalable and can work in these digital environments? But then beyond that, and this may seem really superficial, but we also wanted to make something that was fashionable because we looked at Apple puts its logo on its products and that's how you engage with it every day. 
uh, our best product and the greatest product in real estate is the call banker agent. So we need a mark that they're going to be uh, proud to wear. They're going to want to wear. They're going to want to put it on, on everything. Uh, and it's going to make them feel very modern, relevant, sophisticated, and so on. So we actually looked at fashion brands for inspiration on how we could execute a mark that is flexible, can work on attire and swag. And I'll tell you what, one of the best things that we did was we started looking at how the mark would look on different uh, clothing items, everything from scarves to hats to cufflinks to socks. And that just lit a fire within the network of like, oh my goodness, that looks amazing. I would never wear something with the old logo on it, but this all of a sudden feels fresh and new. And so with both of those uh, mindsets, it really helped us apply across the digital landscape. It worked for social, scaled for video very well. Um, and so I think that was a great foundation to then see it executed in all the different modern and technological environments, which we expect to engage with our brand. What about some of the campaigns that were tied to this? Um, you've rolled out some some really cool campaigns lately. Uh, guiding your home is, or guiding you home is one, um, and, and we'll get into some of the others. But I'm curious, like, how did this all kind of play out in the campaigns that you were creating? Yeah, we actually created a uh, release video for when we launched the new the new mark or the concept of it, and uh, that piece was very much internally focused. Uh, showcase the fashionable element of the brand in just different new environments and how it could scale. Scale. It was set to some very hyped up music. And I think that really set a tone for like, whoa, this, this looks really fresh. This feels very uh, modern and relevant. That is not what I would have expected uh, from Cole Banker. And I think that set the tone for here's the direction in which we're going. Um, and over time, we've uh, released a lot of industry-facing stuff and tied this new new icon, which features a star in it, which is our North Star, speaking both to the standard of excellence, which we hold ourselves to, but also the North Star has been guiding people home for thousands of years. And that's something that's at the core of what we do every single day. So we came up with this line of the real estate company that shines like no other and tying that to some of the amazing claims that we have of the size and scale of our network, the more million dollar home sales, our effectiveness in advertising, social prowess, and all that stuff. And that started jumpstarting our network to really uh, be proud and engaging with it, which has led to the Guiding You Home ad this year, which was really the first consumer push with the new branding uh, in which we used the, what I think is the most iconic song about home, Homeward Bound by Simon and Garfunkel. Um, and telling a story of these these people who all they want to do is is get home and how getting there is where they really want to be. And that feeling and the emotional side of home ownership is something that is uh, I've tried to put an emphasis on and that I think that is a space that we own uniquely within the real estate industry. So nobody understands the emotional aspects of home ownership as well as we do. And so being able to carry that through with the new branding and guiding you home was uh, was really a great great thing, and it came together wonderfully. I could be more excited about it. Yeah, it's really cool. I love the idea and having the North Star, um, you know, having Project North Star and having it being about uh, a North Star and guiding you home. And I, th I think the narrative is is just really cool, um, and it's something that is clearly very well thought out. I'm curious, like, what what was the brainstorming like for this? How did you talk to senior leaders in the organization about this? Uh, and who all was kind of creating these ideas? Yeah, I've, for the last eight years, I've been working with uh, our agency, Silton and Partners, 
uh, at El Segundo, California, a guy by the name of Rob Siltonin, who's a tremendous creative, uh, chief creative officer for them and founder of it. And they're the ones we worked with to for the rebrand. And there's a lot of rebrand agencies out there that this is what they focus on. But what was really important to me was working with someone who not only understood the design aspects and the branding in general, but also understood our brand and our network and how we operate in our industry. And I think that that uh, really is what allowed it to come together in a unique way. I'll be honest, it was tough to push a rebrand out there because there's been people who've been with Cole Banker longer than I have and getting them to adjust to change was, was a struggle. And we knew that we would have to uh, put a concerted effort behind how do we make sure we tell this story. And the thing that really turned the light on for me was we released this idea that we were rebranding at our uh, main event every year, we called the Generation Blue Experience. We unveiled it and we said, we're going to do a transparent rebrand. And by that, we mean we are going to show you an identity direction that we're headed down. Uh, but we're going to take the next six months to test it in real world scenarios with different offices and beta markets. And then we're going to refine it and come back and say, here's the, the final product. Because what we had seen over time is that a lot of real estate brands that had rebranded, they'd say, hey, here it is. We figured it all out. Go use it. And then once people started putting it into use, they would have to go back and make all these adjustments and all that. So we wanted to have a very smart plan that allowed us to be flexible to it. And so uh, last year, when we announced it in March through September, uh, basically I delivered a presentation called Why Rebrand about 40 plus times to various companies at different events and all that. That was to tell the full story of why this was necessary, how we went about it, the thought process behind it, and here's the story that we can tell uh, our network and our consumers moving forward. And we found that that persuasive story and presentation sold everyone. I'd walked into offices that were like, they said, hey, basically everybody but this one guy, Joe, hates what you're doing and uh, doesn't like it and wants you to go back to the old logo. And then we would go in, we would tell the story, explain it. And it was unbelievable how many people got it, understood it, and then were excited about it and became these ambassadors for it. Because uh, adding a star to it was like, why'd you buy the star? Why don't you just put a house icon next to it? And we had to explain to people like, well, one, that's a little bit on the nose. Two, that doesn't feel as um, sophisticated and elegant. And by the way, there's the significance behind why we chose the star. It's not just some random thing that we're putting on it. And everybody understood it. And so uh, our network is truly energized about it. And we had planned for people to just start rebranding in January. And people were like, nope, we love it so much. Uh, we're doing it now. And this was last September and October. Uh, so people really wanted to jump on. And that's the kind of momentum that I wanted to see build into the, into the network, uh, which is carried into this year as well. So I'm curious, you know, this is all a really cool kind of like moment in time um, from like a brand perspective where it's like just launched and new. Um, obviously, you want to have this be around for a long time. How did you attach advertising assets to this? How did you attach other brand awareness plays or, or you know, Legion activities? How did you arm your agents um, with this? kind of new brand and information. Like, I'm curious, like what went into this launch from a, uh, from a resource perspective? Yeah. The, I used a phrase with my team um, throughout this whole process, which I think kind of culminated in how we, we executed on it. 
And is I, I told them that we only have one shot to do this. We haven't rebranded in 40 plus years. I don't plan on doing it again. So I said, we need to stick the landing. Like Mary Lou Retton in the 1984 Olympics, uh, Simone Biles, just we need to stick the landing, arms in a V and, and make this a moment in time that cannot be ignored. And I think that the team really rallied around that. And we started looking at each different vertical within our team and how do we approach it differently, but also working in concert together. So everything from the changes going on in the tech side was impacting the story we're going to be telling through, through media and PR. The advertising campaigns was then being executed across all the different marketing assets and how is it going to influence the luxury program as well. And so we really set out to, once we had landed on the design direction and the messaging for it, how do we then arm our agents with all those different uh, assets and elements and not only just say, here they are, but make them want more. And we found that not giving them everything at once was really a key to this. It was to say, here's a few elements here. And then they're like, but, but I want more, but I want more. Where, where's this and this and that? And then releasing it every so many weeks or every other week that this new asset was available, this new social media campaign. Uh, and that has continued even, even until now and created this, uh, this demand and momentum around what we had. Um, in, in the launch video that I mentioned earlier, uh, we had shown uh, you know, branded socks uh, on, on some amazing models and whatever, and these uh, cufflinks, but we didn't actually have them available to be bought. Everywhere I went, it was like, when am I going to get these socks? I was like, really, that's what you're talking about. I've got this amazing new direct mail campaign and uh, these incredible digital assets. He's like, no, 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 I want socks. It went everywhere. And so creating that demand and having people seeking out things, even as minute as pieces of swag, was really helped uh, excite the network and engage them to start using this new, this new look uh, in a big way. And that's continued even today. Uh, with the launch of the Guiding You Home campaign, which I really think has been that, that cherry on top uh, of excitement from the network. And I've, I've never seen them more uh, in tune with what we're, we're promoting and a desire to share it out in, in a mass scale. So what's next for the campaign? What's the, uh, what's the next you know, 18 to 24 look like? And obviously, I mean, we should bring up that um, with the COVID situation um, and all of uh, the uncertainty with the crisis and, and craziness, uh, clearly every good plan uh, meets first contact and is immediately uh, back to the drawing board. When you said what's up in the next 18, typically I would, I would refer to that as months, but I think uh, in this environment, it's like what's in the next 18 days <laughs> because things are changing so rapidly. Yeah, that's a great point. I would point. love to quote the great orator and former uh, world heavyweight champion, Mike Tyson, who once said everyone has a plan to get punched in the face. And I think uh, on a global scale, everybody's been punched in the face in some way, shape or form over the last couple of months. And, uh, at Cole Banker, ourselves included from a brand level, in that here we were, we launched the Guiding You Home campaign the week before the NCAA tournament in March Madness, and that was going to be the vehicle in which we were going to spread this message across at scale. Uh, then lo and behold, the tournament gets canceled, the, there's stay-at-home uh, orders throughout, and all of a sudden it was like, whoa, whoa, we had this big launch plan, I was going to stick the landing, this was going to be it, and now that's all been taken away. Uh, but I give my team a ton of credit in the ability to pivot, uh, 
uh, and still work with what we had. And then every time I say pivot, I think of Ross and Chandler and Rachel trying to move a couch up a flight of stairs from friends. But I think that that to me, if there's a marketing term of the year, that would be it. Because we had to look at what we had. Let's not abandon ship with it. But how does it make sense for today's environment where we, where we find ourselves? And it doesn't hurt to be lucky because we were really fortunate that within the Guiding You Home campaign, we had some people or characters that are really essential right now. Uh, we were telling the story of a nurse, of a truck driver, of a pilot. Uh, these were all people that were part of our Guiding You Home and all they wanted to do is be on their way home. And so we've made a pivot from that campaign that started with, instead of ending with an end card that said only one real sip brand has been guiding you home for 114 years, we change it to be home. It's never been more important. Please stay home and stay healthy. And we put that out there uh, across all our digital platforms and across Facebook and Instagram and, and YouTube uh, to deliver that message that, hey, now is the time that, that we want everyone to stay home. Not just that we're helping you get home, but we all need to be home in order to help us all heal and get better. And actually, today we just released another pivot where we created a, a couple of 15-second ads that told the story of just the, the pilot, the nurse, and the truck driver, and how these are people who aren't lucky enough to be stuck in their homes because they're out there serving the needs of others. Um, and being able to tell that story, uh, I think, is, is really critical at this time. And as part of that, we created a social media campaign that we call Hometown Heroes. That's in addition with these, these larger ads, there are customizable graphics that our network of agents across the globe are creating where they upload photos of the hometown heroes in their local communities. Everyone from policemen and women to the nurses and doctors, the EMTs, the truck drivers, all these frontline workers right now and shine a light on them. It says hometown hero, you know, Joe Smith, you know, he's an EMT in Rockaway, New Jersey, help him get home safe stay home, stay healthy. And we've seen uh, those graphics shared and viewed over a million times in the first week. Uh, and people are rallying around the different offshoots of the Guiding You Home campaign. And I've seen nothing but positive comments from our own agents, from consumers, and even from the competition. And that's when you know you've, you've struck the right chord. When the competition can't contain themselves but to comment on how uh, incredible uh, the message that you're delivering is. And on top of all of that, this also marks with this new campaign, the eighth year in a row that we've had the highest rated ad in real estate, according to Ace Metrics, which rates the effectiveness of advertising with consumers. So we're super proud of that. And uh, we're continuing to build the momentum there and looking at how we can continue to drive this message uh, and this creative throughout the next month. And, and of course, throughout the year. Yeah. And I think with you know, and I, I I love the campaign. I think it's really well done. And I think with real estate being so different and having all of the agents on the ground, like it's such a challenging time. My friends who are agents, it's really difficult. Uh, anyone who's selling a home or was planning on selling a home or, you know, just had a change of job. And obviously with the amount of people that are on unemployment right now, I mean, it's just such a, a challenging period of time. Um, but I think that it is kind of really cool to see, you know, stories of people who are making a difference um, and evangelizing those and and using, you know, precious resources to uh, to evangelize what important people are doing. And so it's it's been cool to see that. Thanks for that. Yeah. And I think that the reason why it's also been effective for us is because it's still true to our brand. 
and what we stand for and what we do every day. Uh, home and the emotional side of it is something that we think about every single day and it's been a part of our brand since our founding in 1906. And when we talk about home, it's not just the four walls in which we reside, but our agents truly look at their homes as these communities. I mean, they're pillars of those communities and involved in every aspect from knowing the school board to local government officials to connecting with the first responders. And so this is impacting both their individual households as well as their entire communities that they call home. So I think that's where uh, our network is really rallying around. But you've all heard the adage about how real estate is local and that is so true because it really depends on where you are as far as what is happening from an activity standpoint within your communities. I heard from one of our top brokers in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina area, uh, Call Banker, uh, Seacoast Advantage, and they're actually seeing that their activity is up year over year for, for March and April. I mean, that's like, it's crazy. I can't fathom it. And then I was just talking to someone else who uh, is being forced to move because, well, not Forced. They, they have to move because they have a new job teaching in the fall at a university. And so they had to list their home under these you know, stay-at-home conditions uh, or shelter in place and had to have people walk through their house. But the first person that walked through is the, first, is the one who made an offer and they made it for over asking and they did it all within a week. And then they had to go and travel to where they're moving to, to and worked with a cold banker agent uh, in Minneapolis. And in one day, they looked at a bunch of different homes picked one, made an offer, got it. This is all happening under this crazy environment in which we find ourselves. And so you're, we're going to see those stories starting to come to fruition because we look at real estate while people want to, to move up and get something bigger or closer to the office or whatever it might be. Uh, people are moving for, for reasons that are typically even beyond this, this pandemic environment. Some people have to make a move. Uh, and so that isn't stopping and the, the world keeps on turning and it's impacting us in, in real estate, of course, but we're still finding some amazing stories out of this. And I think coming out of this, we're going to even see some uh, incredible stories come from it. You're a lifelong Mets fan. Um, I'm curious, when did it become your goal to become Mr. Met? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. So, uh, yeah, I was in second grade when I first started getting into baseball. And as every good second grader does, when they're choosing a team to root for, they look at the standings and whoever is in first place is who they go with. And so this was, of course, in the summer of 1986, when the Mets were on top of the world, top of the National League East, won over 100 games, Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, Keith Hernandez. They were the, the people on my walls. Um, and so I really got infatuated with baseball and the Mets at that point in time. And as you well know, since then, it's been a relatively bumpy road since with a few highlights here and there. It's rough. So, uh, yeah, I'm a product of that 1986 Mets team. And it's just something, there's something different about Mets fans. Like they're just super loyal and they're gluttons for punishment, but uh, we can't, we can't give up on our team. So I'm, I'm hopeful baseball comes back this year because I was really uh, hopeful about this season with Pete Alonzo, Jacob DeGrom. I could talk baseball with you all day if you want. Yeah, my brother was a huge Daryl Strawberry fan. We had all the posters in our room. He had like 150 Daryl oh, Strawberry man. cards. 
Um, so, uh, I'm, I'm, and my, my family, my mom was a, uh, Brooklyn Dodgers fan growing up. So she, uh, she switched to the, uh, to the Mets, uh, later on in life, but, um, it's, it's definitely, it's one of those teams actually. So this is, uh, a funny anecdote. So my grandfather used to, uh, there's a famous story in the Faison household of, uh, the 86 Mets, uh, my, my mom was pregnant at the time and, uh, she was jumping up and down, going crazy, screaming. And my grandfather, uh, like screamed over, uh, on the top of his lungs to, to, uh, tell my mom to, uh, uh, to relax and, uh, you're upsetting the baby. And, uh, he probably turned out okay because, uh, he's hosting this podcast. So that's the, the phase on 86, uh, Mets story. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, I love it. I've, you know, I wish I, I tried to get my children to become Mets fans, but then part of me has said like, do I want them to have this type of, of life? Um, so they are casual fans at best. Uh, but that is, is truly a Mets life for, for sure. Okay, so let's get into our lightning round. These questions are fast and easy, just like marketing with Salesforce. You can go to salesforce.com slash marketing to learn more. We love Salesforce. Check them out if you haven't already. Salesforce.com slash marketing. Lightning round questions. David, are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, what app on your phone is the most fun? Oh, obsessed with Archero. Um, Like Archer with an O at the end. Brand new game. Love it. What is your favorite thing to cook or eat? My wife's carbonara. Um, I do not cook very well, but I love to eat that. Favorite book or podcast that you've read or listened to recently? Podcast. I, I'm a big fan of Snacks Daily from Robin Hood. Those guys do a great job financially. Uh, favorite book, Sphere by Michael Crichton. Best advice for a first-time CMO? Always do something that makes you slightly uncomfortable. Not totally uncomfortable, but just slightly. What question do you never get asked that you wish you were asked more often? I don't get asked a ton. People just kind of maybe take it for granted, but how do you balance having four boys and uh, being a CMO? And the answer is I married a Wonder Woman, uh, who's just an amazing woman and has helped me in my career um, more so than any mentor or business book or whatever. So uh, for CMO, find someone who can be by your side and that can provide you the advice and the criticism that you need. David, that's all we got. That's it for today. Any uh, final thoughts? Anything to plug? Oh, appreciate the time today, Ian. Uh, anyone looking to engage with some amazing, beautiful luxury homes and find out what's going on with a real estate brand across the globe, you can follow Coldwell Banker on every social platform out there, including Instagram at, at Coldwell Banker, Twitter at Coldwell Banker, and on Facebook. Awesome. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you. Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Discover marketing built on the world's number one CRM, Salesforce. Put your customer at the center of every interaction. Automate engagement with each customer and build your marketing strategy around the entire customer journey. Salesforce, we bring marketing and engagement together. Learn more at salesforce.com slash marketing.
you have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.